So spikes in bond yields in the United States. It seems investors are paying attention to Chris Waller when he said there's no rush to bring rates down in the US. The markets believe him. So the question is, will anyone actually see rate cuts in the first half of this year? And will geopolitical uncertainty add to that possibility? Some big numbers to look out for today. China's GDP, UK inflation, US retail numbers. It's Wednesday, the 17th of January, 2024. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar is at 1% today on the DXY. The Aussie down 1.2% to 65.8 US cents. The pound is down 0.7%. Same for the euro. The yen is down 1% as well. And bond yields have really kicked up. 12 basis points added to 10-year treasuries, up 14 in Canada. Uh, not the same happening in Europe, though. Just three basis points for 10-year bonds and nothing at all for 10-year gilt yields in the UK. Aussie 10 years were up seven basis points yesterday to 4.15%. Now closer to 42 so quite a rise in Aussie yields. US equities are down 0.6% off the Dow at close, 0.4% for the S&P, uh, 0.2% lower for the Nasdaq. The Russell 2000 down 1.2% at the end of the trading day in the United States. Energy materials and industrials taking the biggest hit with oil prices down today, 0.9% off WTI, just over 72 a barrel now, 0.3% off Brent, which is down below 78. European shares, incidentally, also down overnight. The DAX closed down down 0.3%, 0.2% lower for the Eurostox 50 and half percent lower for the FTSE 100. So bond yields rising, perhaps we can put uh, that down to what the Fed's Christopher Waller uh, has been saying. Uh, perhaps, you know, people thought he would be a, a, a bit more dovish, uh, but he's following the FOMC script, uh, it seems. Let's talk about that with Rodrigo Cotrill from NAB in Sydney. Uh, he is pushing back on rate cuts. He doesn't He doesn't see a hurry for it. Uh, morning, Phil. Um, he's still seeing rate cuts. So he's, he, if you like, he's still dovish, but not as dovish uh, and endorsing the, the current market pricing that sees around six rate cuts for this year. So um, I think that the, the key sort of message there was that, um, you know, the Fed can afford to be careful and patient. Um, and that uh, compared to previous uh, uh, rate cut cycles, um, he doesn't see the, the argument of, of being as, as aggressive as those cycles. Well, he's saying the economy is in good shape, isn't he? He's basically exactly. saying the economy is in good shape, the labor market is in good shape. So therefore, yeah. we can take off our foot off the pedal uh, slowly. Um, and, and that's where the market got caught up with this idea of you're not going to be as aggressive and as soon as, as, as we're currently pricing. And, and we've seen a bit of a bit of a fair reaction in terms of yields uh, across the curve. Well, is that all down to him? Because, yeah, yields much higher. Big spike in the dollar, as I said. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, will we actually see any central banks cutting rates at all in the first half of this year even he, you know if he's thinking it's all going to be the back end of the year yeah yeah i mean it's worth pointing out of course that you know we had the us on holidays on monday we had all those ecb speakers pushing back about you know rate cuts in in europe and and that lifted yields and then when we saw uh us treasury yields started trading in during our time then there was already a move up in in yields and that move up was extended uh, as as we saw um uh, you know wallace comments as well so so there it's been a, a general pushback not just by the the, the fed but also by um uh, the ECB speakers, and even overnight, you know, we had uh, data coming out uh, in Canada in terms of inflation numbers, and they were not as lower as expected, and 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 therefore again we saw that repricing in in Canada, 
um, which again plays to the view, oh, maybe inflation is not coming down as quickly. Maybe their arguments or um, their requirements for, for rate cuts are not going to come as soon as possible for central banks to, to be easing, at least in the first half of this year. Yeah, and then we've got the question about the Red Sea as well. Is that going to add to you know inflation problems if we see that continuing? It doesn't look like that. I mean, we had overnight, we haven't had another vessel being fired at by Houthis and the US has done more strikes against uh, Houthi territory within Yemen. So, I mean, if that carries on for a long time, uh, it adds to shipping costs. I talked about the the cost of insurance yesterday, uh, which is up yeah. to 1% per vessel. I mean, that's just going to add to prices as well. So that's going to keep inflation higher for longer, isn't it? I, I think it is. And, and it's not just uh, the cost of insurance. Now, even overnight, we had some uh, news uh, suggesting that uh, many insurance are now essentially saying the US and UK ships cannot go through there. Um, uh, and therefore, as you say, then the concern, I think, particularly in, in, the, in the last week has been that this sort of tensions uh, can probably stay here and last for, for quite some time. And if that's the case, then ships cannot kind of go through there for quite some time. And then you need to start factoring the impact on, on inflationary pressures. So um, it does kind of raise those, those questions. There, there are still some question marks as well as well as to how quickly, for instance, services inflation will come down. And, and one of the things that central bankers have not yet spoken about is is the, uh, in my view, is, is the distribution of, of inflation. Because when you look at the breakdown of inflation, you have essentially good disinflation, almost potentially even going negative at one point now. Um, and then you have services inflation still well above target. So if the average of the two comes close to the 2%, but you, you remain with this huge divergence between the two and with wages growth is still quite quite you know elevated, then is that the, the right combination for cutting? Um, um, the risk there is that maybe they, they lean on, on the cautious sides and, and the way to see further uh, declines in service inflation as well as lower wages growth. Uh, well, even though, you know, uh, Waller was saying that the, the, the economy is in good shape, we had the Empire Manufacturing Survey for New York showed business conditions slowing to minus 43.7, which is the lowest level since May 2020 when there was a pandemic on. Do we just ignore that? One survey, one part of the country? Well, uh, the, the Empire Manufacturing Survey is quite volatile, but, but certainly um, that's a big decline. So, you know, the, the market was looking for a negative 0.5 print and we got negative 43. So that's... Um, and, you know, uh, I'm not going to use the words that you say that I shouldn't use, so I'm not going to even say it, but um, uh, it's only one survey. But if you get another survey showing similar numbers or... You know, uh, the next print in, in, in ferry from the Empire Manufacturing showing extreme weakness, then it becomes a bit of a pattern and, and it becomes a bigger concern. But for now... You're going to talk about swallows, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, OK. We, so we sort of ignore it then, but it is a surprise, as you say. Well, also, do we ignore the, uh, the UK jobs numbers? Because we know they've been having difficulty collecting them. And there seems a strange anomaly here because employment came in stronger than expected, 75,000 new jobs in October, uh, but the HMRC payrolls, in other words, what the tax office is collecting, was 24,000 lower. So which number do we believe? Yeah, uh, and that's all part of the experimental issue and, and to some extent the challenge that the Bank of England has because this is this is this is supposed to be a really important, you know, 
piece of the puzzle and and, and there's no clarity on, on what, what's going on there. Um, I think that the other important component of that is that weekly earnings, ex-bonuses um, came in line with expectations at 6.6. They've declined from 7.3, which is good news, traveling in the right direction, um, but it's still pre-elevated. Um, mm. and, and I think that, again, you need to see that number coming down quite significantly, um, I would say towards 4%, if not lower, for, for the Bank of England to become a bit more comfortable with the idea of taking its foot off the pedal. So um, traveling in the, in the right direction, but still uh, more data is needed in order to confirm um, that right. easing of the labor market. Well, hence, we didn't see uh, guilt yields really move at all, did we? That's much, right. Uh, in, much in either direction. Everyone's just waiting to see what comes next. Australia's consumer confidence yesterday, we saw confidence for 1.3% in January to 81 points. Uh, this is got to be related to mortgages, hasn't it? Pure and simple. If we if we don't think rates are going to come down in a hurry, everyone's worried about the cost of their mortgage. Yes, and it's interesting because, um, you know, the, if you remember, you know, towards the end of the year, the market was thinking there's potentially another rate hike, hike coming here, and then at the end, the RBA didn't. And then since then, also, we had inflation numbers coming a bit lower, um, you know, favoring the view that definitely no more hikes or likely no more hikes. And then uh, now we start potentially start thinking about when is the next, you know, when is when they're going to cut. Uh, but uh, the consumer is still uh, concerned about the outlook. And, and also, interestingly, as you mentioned, um, the idea that mortgage rates are, are, are not coming down or are likely to stay elevated uh, at the moment. So um, maybe there's just not enough in there and enough information. We have to wait to see what happens in February. Uh, but certainly um, it played against expectations of maybe an improvement in sentiment. Yeah. Well, there has been a, an improvement in sentiment in New Zealand in the in the business sector so their business confidence has gone from minus 52 percent to minus two quite a change quite a change and and actually if anything the survey is super interesting because it gives you quite a lot of information about the, the, the economy and the outlook um, and certainly that improvement probably reflects the changing government so a more business friendly government um, whilst at the same time uh, the details of the report also show this inflationary pressures in the economy with selling prices declining uh, while at the same time expectations for further weakness in the labor market so uh, all playing to this idea that the, the economy is is likely to see more this inflation pressures, which is is good for you know there being certain expectations for for eventual rate cuts uh, later in the year. Well, quite a bit from uh, Europe as well. I'll just give it to you, and then you can pick out of it what you want to comment on. But the the, the final inflation rate for Germany was at three point seven percent year on year, which is an increase from three point two percent in November. That's the this is the December number we're talking about. Consumer inflation expectations for the euro area down from four percent in October to three point two percent in November. Uh, in Italy this year, by the way. Uh, their year-on-year inflation rate is uh, is only 0.6% now. So they must really be upset about the uh, ECB interest rate, mustn't they? And the ZOO uh, economic survey or uh, for Europe and for Germany, the German survey has economic sentiment at plus 15.2, which is 2.4 points above December. So they are optimistic, despite the rise in inflation in Germany and the Eurozone in December, uh, two-thirds of those taking the survey said they're expecting a rate cut by the Fed, so maybe they assume that the ECB will follow on from that, but perhaps they're going to be disappointed. Yes, uh, at least in terms of the timing, then maybe not as soon as mm. uh, you know, might have thought uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, to me, the, 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 one of the takeaways there is, is that inflation number, which has kind of been one of the themes from ECB speakers, and, and we're going to get a lot more ECB speakers tonight as well. 
in terms of, you know, you need to see a broad decline in inflation readings across the region and Germany, of course, being a main a main component of that, um, uh, you know, unless you start seeing a, a, a trend, um, a clear trend, then uh, the ECB is likely to, to remain, um, you know, still... Uh, hawkish if you like and, and talking the, the book that it's too early to talk about rate cuts uh, but as Gavin has pointed out you know the, the, in the next couple of months we, we should get more data prints and, and then when it comes to March maybe we will start seeing a little bit of a change in tune in terms of what the ECB is saying but at this stage it's, it's probably a little bit too early for them to, to change that tune Right, and Japan very quickly their PPI higher than expected the producer price index up 0.3% in December same as November uh, when it was expected to be flat yeah and the funny enough the PPI tend to be a good leading indicator of the CPI in, in Japan um, so again, it places the view that that decline that we've seen in inflationary pressures and the consumer inflationary pressures maybe will likely slow down and will not be as uh, as quick as you know recent recent data prints. So today, there's a bit going on, isn't there? We get China's well, a bunch of stuff from China: Q4 GDP growth, industrial production, retail sales, uh, the unemployment rate. Obviously, not the youth unemployment rate because that is off bounds. Yes, uh, we get everything else. What is all of this going to tell us? Well, uh, if anything, the interesting. thing Thing is that we had the Premier Li Kuang uh, uh, in in Davos, um, uh, you know, trying to promote the the opportunities uh, that China offers. Um, and uh, in 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 one of his speeches, one of his comments, he talked about the idea that uh, GDP should be around five point two percent this year, or rather twenty twenty three, um, which you know is sort of telling us what to expect today in terms of that that print. Um, so for one, the, the point being there that, um, you know, the economy grew above that target of 5%, which would be one big tick from 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 the political side, if you like. Uh, but certainly a confirmation of what, what to expect today, that um, it should be a number close to expectations of 53 5.2%. Uh, and then the focus will be on the details. And, and again, um, we know that the government's efforts to, to stimulate the economy have been driving growth, um, but the, the concern from from the you know, investor side, if you like, and, and for the outlook of China is how the property sector is doing and how the consumer is doing. So that's where retail sales numbers and property investment figures will be important as well. Right. And UK inflation, I mean, the headline rate was 3.9%. The core was 5.1% year on year. Will they come down much? And, you know, are they going to be aligned to what the Bank of England's forecasting? More to the point. Well, that, that's the expectation. So if anything, the, 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 the expectations are that the numbers will definitely undershoot what the, the uh, Bank of England had penciled in uh, and also place the view uh, that inflation is actually coming down a lot quicker than expected. So, again, this is one big component in addition to the labour market that places the view that, you know, the, the ingredients for uh, the Bank of England to, to look at rate cuts will eventually come and um, potentially around the middle of the year. Okay, another one, not doing anything first half of the year. Uh, U.S. retail sales, uh, hey, they can be strong, can't they? Because, you know, the, the Fed is saying that there's there's no reason to rush into, into, into rate cuts. So if we've got a strong economy, that'll just play into that argument. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we did have super strong numbers in, in November. So the now expectations are for slightly, still positive, but not as, as strong numbers as we saw uh, in the previous month. Uh, but certainly, again, it will be a good sort of, 
pulse, if you like, or reading of how the consumer ended the year. Uh, so that will be important for, for Fed uh, um, thinking. And as you say, lots of uh, central bank speakers out. We know the, the script from all of them, don't we? Talk down rate cuts, basically. And at long last, well, certainly over the last 24 hours, it seems like the bond markets at least are listening to them on that. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, you know, we had Lagarde speaking from the ACB side, so that would be important. And I'm a pick from the Fed speakers will be Fed Williams, which will be early tomorrow morning as well. Well, I will be talking to you lots this year, of course. Good to get the first one under our belt, though, Rodrigo. I'll talk to you again sometime very soon. Thanks for coming on this morning. OK, thanks, Phil. Talk soon. And that is it. That's the morning call for this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Darby for now. Back again for another one tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in.